Hey everyone and welcome to Developer Team. My name is Jonathan Cottrell and in today's episode, I have the chance to interview Andy Graham. Andy started Big C Design and she was at Square's conference and she had a fantastic presentation. This particular episode is going to be great for those of you who work in an agency environment or if you're interested in working in an agency environment. Today's episode is sponsored by Rollbar. With Rollbar, you get the context, the insights, and the control you need to find and fix bugs faster. We'll talk about a special deal that Rollbar is offering to Developer T listeners to get up and running today for free. And we'll talk about that later on in the episode. But for now, I want to jump straight into this interview with Andy Graham. And once again, this was a live interview. So if you hear any chatter in the background, it's because we were in a lobby with a bunch of people. So here we go with the interview with Andy Graham. So I'm here at Squares Conf with Andy Graham. Uh, Andy spoke yesterday, and uh, I'm, I'm talking to her on Friday, the last day of the event. We're actually sitting outside of the last talk, which is Cameron Mall. Um, Andy, can you tell us just kind of, first of all, what you spoke about here at Squares, but also uh, maybe go into how you got to where you are today, uh, owning a business and sure. doing all the things that you do. Yeah. I uh, So I talked about um, my rise to meteoric success as a business owner. Um, just kidding. But um, uh, I, I call myself an accidental owner because I started as a freelancer and working by myself um, and grew to owning now an agency with, um, you know, 22, 23 employees and, and growing. Um, and so I talked about yesterday, I talked about the decisions and things that I've learned um, that have transitioned me from running a successful freelancing, you know, sort of business to running an actual business and an agency and, and coddling my employees. So, and I started doing this, um, I've always designed things for people and done marketing and communications. And I started messing with, um, websites using Homestead Builder in, you know, 1995 or so. Um, I'd start writing, realizing if I changed something to color red or color black, I could alter how things looked. And so I really used, um, HTML and learned CSS as a design tool because I wanted things to look prettier and nicer and, and, and influence how they affected the, the communication strategy. Um, and so I started freelancing, um, outside my day gigs, um, for, you know, small businesses, realtors, spas, you know, et cetera. And at one point, about seven years ago, I was afforded the opportunity to sort of quit my job and actually start hiring people um, and, and starting an agency. I had a lot of projects where I'd already been bringing in freelance developers. Um, and so I had to, you know, make it a formal situation. Um, and we were just so busy, I needed to bring in an extra designer, bring in another full-time developer and and take the plunge. So so yeah, that's what I did. That's a huge, a huge step for a lot of people who are listening to this show, but pretty much in the development world in general, there's a lot of people who are either freelancing or they're maybe they're working at night and they're it's mm -hmm. starting to take up more and more of their time. Yes. And you took that final step to say, okay, I'm going to make this a more official thing and actually make this my job rather than making this my side job, yep. right? Yep. It's a huge step. It takes a lot of mm -hmm. courage. Uh, well, first of all, tell us about your company and sure. uh, and then uh, you know, tell us how many people are working there okay. and, and what you're doing now. Our company is Big C and we're in St. Petersburg, Florida. Um, we have 23 right now. We are hiring for two positions. Um, we have a team, a development team with six. Um, we have a marketing team with six and then I've got designers, um, a couple designers and then project managers as well. Um, 
and then two partners. Uh, and we've got, um, we do a range of projects that come from like really hardcore, intense software development, you know, with major like Salesforce integration and app components and all kinds of things. Um, we have one app that we support that um, runs about 3,000, 3,000 people spin it up every single day and use it for retailers like L'Oreal and CVS pharmacies and things like that. Coca-Cola. And then we also have, um, you know, marketing contracts um, where we do sort of inbound marketing. We're HubSpot partners. And so we do blogging and email marketing and things like that. We work with um, Stetson University's College of Law. We do admissions marketing, which we adore. We do, you know, a local chain of bowling alleys. We do a lot of B2B stuff because that's where that stuff is really successful. Um, but you name it, we have even a, a very high-end florist in San Francisco. We've got, wow. you know, just a, a strange range of, of people all over the country. So Yeah. Wow. It's fun. One of the things I loved about your talk, and at these conferences, a lot of the time, you know, there's probably a 80 or 90 to 2010 split of product people versus agency mm -hmm. style. And, you know, obviously, I, I come from an agency. So um, when I listen to product discussions, I have to take that with a grain of salt mm -hmm. that's, that's really says, you know, okay, I only have so much time to spend on a given client and I have to balance my clients out. Um, so it was nice to hear from someone who comes from that, from that agency mindset where you have to create like a portfolio of clients and you have to consider, you know, how much one client, uh, is, has control over your business yeah. versus the yep. rest. because if you have product, then it's only, it's all in, right? It's a hundred percent kind of thing. Whereas with, with an agency, the style of work that you do this year may be totally different than the style of the work that you do next year. And so the, yeah. the building that you, you mentioned working on the business, mm -hmm. working on the business looks very different for an agency than it does for a product development yes, team. Yes, very much. Yeah, definitely. There's a huge, a huge uh, difference there that I think a lot of developers take for granted uh, because in, in an agency environment, being agile and being uh, agile is probably not the right word, but flexible, being flexible, yeah, Nimble. being yep. being able to uh, wear many different hats mm -hmm. and understand different things in completely different areas, yep. unrelated areas, is a really valuable trait to have, and that may not necessarily be as valuable in product. Uh, space. Yeah, exactly. My, I mean, my developers have built everything from learning management systems to crazy events calendars to, you know, and it's it's across the board. And if we could just do one thing over and over and over again, it'd be a different story, but we're not. And the last talk that was just here, Josh uh, Topolsky, I think was his name, talked so, about... Uh, I think it was Josh Sortino. Sortino, that's yep. what it was, mm -hmm. sorry. He talked about um, sweating the details in design. Yep. And, and as much as I adore that, it's something that we don't get to do very much in agency world, right? Yeah. So we, we put as much time as we can in but um, the sort of focusing on the one icon and how perfect it might be is not the luxury that we often have so yeah. um, so there's definitely there are a lot different constraints that we work with in the agency world the art for the agency is the balance as much as it is actually the quality Absolutely. of the work yep. yeah today's episode is sponsored by roll bar with roll bar you get the context the insights and the control you need to find and fix bugs faster you know, dealing with errors really, truly sucks. I mean, there's so many different ways that we deal with errors that are really bad. We do a lot of horrible exception monitoring, and uh, ultimately we end up uh, doing the wrong thing if we're trying to track errors through logs, for example, or trying to trace back from a user report. These are really difficult ways of handling errors. Rollbar works with all major languages and frameworks and you can start tracking production errors and deployments 
in eight minutes or less. Uh, for me, it was much less than eight minutes. And Rollbar does things the right way. You can sign up for alerts when these errors occur. Uh, they also have a, a way of looking at errors in terms of how many times it's happened. So maybe it's just one very uh, extremely fringe error that you don't really need to put a ton of energy into, or it could be very much so uh, front and center. The users may be experiencing this error every single time they hit a particular part of your application. So uh, you can integrate Rollbar into existing development workflows. You could send alerts to places like Slack, for example, or HipChat, or maybe even create issues in GitHub or Jira, Asana, Pivotal Tracker, all these things that you're used to using you can integrate Rollbar with. So uh, some of Rollbar's customers include Heroku, Twilio, Kayak, Instacart, Zendesk, Twitch, tons of people that you have heard of being leaders in the tech industry. They are using Rollbar. And here's the thing. You can start using Rollbar for free today for 90 days. That's 300,000 errors that you get to track for free. And all you have to do, it's called the bootstrap plan. All you have to do is go to rollbar.com slash developer T. Of course, that link will be found in the show notes at spec.fm. Put errors in their place with Rollbar. So, so you you shared 15 lessons, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you said that you pared that down from 85, but ultimately <laughs> I, I can imagine you have hundreds of yeah, these probably yeah. in your back pocket. Um, I'd love for you to share maybe two or three of these lessons with uh, developers who are looking to start their hmm. own kind of work. Um, two or three of your, probably your most uh, I don't know, maybe revolutionary for you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you could share just two or three, like a sure. preview of that, okay. that'd be great. So one I didn't even talk about yesterday, but I think that is very relevant for developers specifically. I actually went to lunch today with um, a, a couple guys who own a small agency with five developers. And I said, well, who's doing your project management? And they said, we are. And I said, are you guys project managers? No. Said, are you good account managers? Not really. Okay, so the one thing I would tell you is that as soon as you possibly can, you bring in somebody who's really good at sweating the scope, understanding mm. when things can get blown out of proportion that can help write proposals really well and that can manage projects. Because I think a great project manager helps you scale in the right ways and helps you take your, your focus off sort of managing the client relationships as much as, as much as you are. So, so that one I think is really important, especially for developers. Um, number yeah, two, the absolutely one- absolutely agree with that, yeah. The one I talked about yesterday that I think I left to the end was, or a second to the last, which is being, being true to yourself when you run your business, um, that I have a lot of conversations at conferences and places that I go with people who run their businesses or work for businesses that are very different than mine. And I've, it's, they've always almost made me feel bad about the types of work that we take on and what we're doing and how we're doing it, but we're making money and we're doing good work and we're proud of it. And we love our lives, you know? And so I had to kind of have a, a mental reset about two years ago when I was really struggling with where am I going with this and how is this working? And I had to look at my books and I had to look at my people and I had to say, why am I trying to compare myself to all these people? And it's funny because some of the the champions in our industry that I was worshiping and how they were running their agencies have actually tanked in the past two, three years. And so sure. um, that actually just solidified my, you know what, sometimes these small projects, they fill gaps for you. They make really happy clients. And if you can do it right, those clients will grow with you and they'll keep coming back to you for version two and version three and version four as their companies grow. We just rebuilt a site for a client that was probably a fifteen or $20,000 job, you know, three, four or five years ago. And we just rebuilt a site for them for hundreds of thousands of dollars that was, you know, and we're helping 
helping with all their marketing and things like that. So if you're a good partner to a client, they'll stick with you and, and stay there. So yeah, it's a so really, a good, really important, uh, important point, particularly working not to the standard of the industry, but to the standard of your own definition, right? Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. A lot of times people think that they have to have a you know, a pathway into the future that puts them at a better living standard or maybe that they have to reach a certain number of people that they hire. And the truth is there's plenty of very successful agencies that are at the same level of income and the same number of employees for many years. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people would consider that stagnation, but just to keep that business running, they're continuing to do work, right? They're continuing to better themselves. And uh, sometimes growth comes along with that. But yep. sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's it is simply sustaining yep. and sustaining well, and sustaining sometimes happily, intentionally not coming right. So right. some people want to stay in that small thing, and that's okay, and be really picky and choosy about the projects that they bring in. That's that's great too. So mm-hmm. whether you want growth or not, it's up to you. So yeah, it could mean making your work days a little bit shorter, that's so you exactly can spend it. more time at yeah. the beach. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which I don't do enough so at all, but. Um, and then the other one, you know, that that is exactly what you just said is that you can't you can't start a business for the money. You have to have ulterior motives. You have to have another reason that you're trying to do it because, you know, I, I've been offered positions doing what I do for my own business at large agencies, at large companies. I could be making three times what I'm making in a salary, you know, in a professional position somewhere else. But I don't want that. You know, I'm, I'm doing this because I have this freedom, because I enjoy what we're doing, because I love our mission, because I believe in the values that we have. Um, I love the people we work with, you know, all those things. So, um, yeah, know why you're doing something yep. because yep. the why everybody needs money. Mm-hmm. That's not a good enough why. Yep. And there's plenty of things that you can do other than owning a business that you're likely to make money yep. faster. Uh, it's, there are plenty of ways to make more money. Mm-hmm. That's um, for sure. There's certainly better ways to make money than a podcast, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but with that said, you know, uh, there's something, uh, something to be said for fulfillment. You know, they've, they've done plenty of studies regarding income and, uh, while, you know, 60 or $70,000 is certainly not a very trivial amount mm-hmm. of money for most of the world. You can reach sixty or seventy thousand dollars as an average developer in the United States. Yeah, absolutely. Um, within your first ten years, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah. And uh, hopefully, um, mm-hmm. and 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 a lot of people, you know, once you reach that, like the studies basically show that anything beyond that doesn't greatly increase your happiness. Yeah. Like there, there's a leveling off point where, in fact, more You've money makes enough. you less happy, yeah. right? Yep. Uh, now, granted, that number is significantly <laughs> I have higher. I have not reached that number I haven't yet. haven't gotten yeah. there yet. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, there is a leveling off point. And so knowing, okay, what is the next piece of this for the why? Like, what's going to keep me waking yep. up tomorrow um, and getting excited to get dressed yeah. and go into work. Mm-hmm. And I think you mentioned last night when we were uh, we were at the after party uh, for yesterday's event, uh, you mentioned that you have people who don't want to leave the office, even though you encourage yeah. them to, right? <laughs> we're like, go home. Yeah. yeah, like don't answer emails yeah. after six o'clock, yep. but they're staying around they're hanging out Netflix. at the office. Yeah. yeah, they're playing ping pong. And yeah. that's an important piece in it. And it's not, it's not about the it's not about the ping pong table and it's yeah. not about the Netflix. It's about the people mm-hmm. and, the, and the people that you've cultivated to work together and to be, you know, in communication and in community yep. with each other. Yep. Um, 
incredibly important. I, I love yeah. that, that piece of your talk in our That's discussion huge. last night. Absolutely yeah. incredible. Oh, thanks. Yeah, we um, we really focus hard on bringing in people who are culture fit and not necessarily a talent fit because most of the things that we do are things we can train for. Um, you know, obviously I don't want to teach somebody how to code, but, you know, I'm going to choose, always choose somebody who I know that my team wants to spend time with over somebody that's a rock star in whatever it is they're doing. So yeah, um, that's a big part of it. So yeah, every rock star eventually leaves the stage, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's true. They have their final show and yep. then who are they? Right? Yeah. Um, they're, they're the, if you were a rock star in flash 10 years ago, then yeah, hopefully right? <laughs> you're no longer that, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> eventually that runs it. out and there's, there has to be something left that mm-hmm. if you want a career at a place, right? Um, so making a commitment, a professional commitment to someone who, uh, is a rock star in one area simply because of that. Well, you may have a, a rude awakening later when that thing is no longer relevant. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that, yeah, that's, I totally agree with you there. Yeah. And I, I truly enjoy working now on the business aspect of it. So I work on the business and I, and I get to talk about the the challenges of the business and I'm, I'm not as mired in the challenges of a particular client or a particular project you know I'm really yeah. thinking about like how can we position this differently how can we grow this line or how can we change our delivery so that we can make it more profitable you know those sorts of sorts of problems are fun problems to to solve and and get me excited to do it so that's that brings me to the office every day you know we work with developers and the other thing about me starting my business was I recognized really early that I was not the best designer and I'm not a great developer at all. Um, I'm an okay writer and I'm a good marketer, but I'm really good at putting all those things together in a really effective way. And so when I recognized that, I realized I could bring in people around me who supported those quote unquote weaknesses, um, but then we could produce greater work together as a team. Um, We work with plenty of freelance designers, developers, whatever, and they would be terrible at running a business. Sure. But they're great freelancers and they make great money doing it because they're reliable, because they don't take on more work than they can handle. They know when to say no as much as when they know when to say yes. They're reasonable in you know, their, request, their requests they ask of us. And, and when we ask them to do something, they're not, you know, they, they act like a team member more than a, than a sort of an outsourcer in that type of, a th- of a, an approach. So it, it's a tough thing. I've, you know, there's not, most, most developers can't manage clients very well in in my experience so mm-hmm. i think there's a rare unicorn out there who does a really good job of it but um but i think that's a tough one so that's one of the things that, that i out. like to talk about on the show to hopefully help because this this field is only growing mm-hmm. and there's going to be more and more developers working for themselves yep right um so so my hope is is that we can help train developers over time because developers are not helpless, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, we 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 have a certain set of skills, and some of those skills are maybe not necessarily naturally to be good with client relationships. Yep. Um, so that's one of the things that I that I talk about quite a bit on the show because I think it's so important for that next generation of developers to learn. This is how you talk to a client. Yep. Like this, yep. there are ways that are good and ways that are bad. <laughs> yeah. You can burn or, uh, you know, greatly increase the value yep. of a relationship simply with like with one how you email. Communicate. Yep. A single email can change the course of your entire relationship. So Big time. paying attention to that communication is such an important fundamental part yep. of your job as a developer. Yeah, absolutely. We have um, pretty high standards around that. We actually have process documentation around how we communicate with clients and I jump on people. People immediately. So we, one of our core values is to elevate and educate 
everyone around us. And so it's not just each other, but it's also our clients. So our responses to emails, even when the question is inane, are, you know, here's what we're doing, here's why we're doing it, and, and, and here's what that the benefit is to you. you I know? might so steal that core yeah. value. That's a great <laughs> core value to have. Thanks. Um, constant education. Yep. I mean, there's, there's always something to learn. Definitely. So. Oh, God. It never ends. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in this industry, right? Yeah. No kidding. Well, Andy, thank you so much for your time, yeah. for uh, coming on the show for a few minutes. Uh, we talked last night and today, and I've convinced you, hopefully, to start your own <laughs> podcast. Um, for people who want to follow you, it's Andy Graham BSD, right? Yep. Which is a big C. What is the D for? Design. Design. There we yep. go. Andy Graham BSD. And of course, that link will be in the show notes at spec.fm. Thank you, Andy. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Developer Tea. And thank you again to Squares for having me out to the conference. It was a fantastic uh, couple of days there in Texas. So thank you to Squares. Thank you again to today's wonderful sponsor, Rollbar. You can detect, diagnose, and defeat errors with Rollbar free for 90 days by going to rollbar.com slash developer T. Uh, again, that link will be found in the show notes at spec.fm. Now I have a huge favor a huge favor, actually it's a very small favor, to ask of everyone who's listening to the show right now. If you plan on listening to any developer tea in the future, go to the podcasting app that you use and press subscribe. It's very simple and it will keep you up to date with the latest episode of developer tea every time it comes out, which is three times a week. So uh, if you have a hard time remembering things like a three time a week schedule for a podcast, then this is the action you need to take. Go and subscribe in whatever podcasting app you are using. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Developer T. If you have any questions, by the way, you can reach me at developerT at gmail.com. Questions about your career, uh, programming questions, or maybe a question about what my favorite text editor is. Whatever you want to ask, you can ask it at developerT at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode and until next time, enjoy your tea.